I showed the grown-ups my masterpiece, and I asked them if my drawing scared them. They answered, Why be scared of the hat? My drawing was not a picture of a hat. It was a picture of a boa constrictor digesting an elephant. Then I drew the inside of the boa constrictor so the grown-ups could understand. They always need explanations. Welcome to 1001 Good Nights, a new podcast about the stories behind bedtime stories. Turn the pages with two new dads, one a psychologist and one a book editor, as they try to understand the nighttime ritual of their foreseeable future. All right, Ben, let's talk about The Little Prince. Um, I'm dying to hear your thoughts on this, but I just want to frame this up a little bit because I think we have very different experiences coming to this book. Um, I know a lot of people have had this book and loved this book since childhood, but I did not even, I'd never even heard of it until college, I think. And then I never read it until I was in my mid-20s. And I'm very intrigued by it, but I have none of the history or nostalgia that a lot of people have with this book. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of fascinated to talk about it in that context. Is it me coming from that perspective and you coming from the other side of it where you, I believe, kind of grew up with it? Um, yeah, no, that's, I'm, I'm eager to talk about it in that way too. I think because um, as a necessary corrective for what would otherwise just be me sort of like being kind of a Little Prince fanboy, <laughs> I mean, I think because you're a good person to talk to for exactly that reason because I think that a lot of, uh, and this is this is just true about subjective opinions in general that people have. I think I think there are a lot of things that are objectively true about the Little Prince that might actually be fairly subjective, just because <laughs> I have you know because I did I don't really have that kind of distance from it. So um, so yeah, I mean I, I definitely I, the other thing I would say is that you know I uh, I grew up with it, but I've always sort of insisted that like. The, the, the beauty of the little prince is that it doesn't matter if you come at it as a child, that it's oh. a book that you should be able to read as an adult. And then, but because I don't have that, that actually <laughs> might be wrong. So I think that may be like <laughs> the thing we should talk about. So, I mean, yeah, I, I have been, uh, interacting with the little prince before I could read it. Um, so the, the, the wow. copy that I still have is covered in uh like red marker so i originally i was just using it as paper like scratch paper (laughs) (laughs) um and i learned i mean but i also learned to to read pretty early and it's one of the first things that i read so you know there is not i I, there is not a time that i can remember where i hadn't really read and like been wrestling with little prince so you know it's it's i think probably the first book that uh where I can remember like, really feeling emotion. Like I think maybe the first time that I, a piece of art ever made me like cry and not because I was scared, just because I was really moved by it was mm-hmm. a little Prince. The, the first time I ever had read something and then thought like, wow, like I'm really, I really got to think about this. And the way that I think about it is I've got to like, you know, write something, you know? So I, I went and just like started writing about what it was making me think that it was, and that was prompted by the little Prince. So obviously oh, wow. I have like a, a, uh, a, a, a deep and, and, uh, like, you know, not very, uh, objective <laughs> opinion about it. So, I mean, my, my thesis statement would be sort of like little Prince 
maybe one of the best books in the world. It's certainly one of the most popular. I think it's one of the few books to uh, to break that hundred million copy mark. Oh you know, wow! That's, and that's pretty. So it's like I think you know if you look at the three or four mo- you know bestsellers of all time, I think the Harry Potter series as a whole is crossover there. Maybe some of the Tolkien books. Um, you know, maybe uh, like Tale of Two Cities. You know, mm-hmm. maybe uh, whatever. Like the there's there's a few up there. Uh, Alice in Wonderland is up there, and then there's a few books oh. by like uh, uh, Chinese leaders. I, th- I think which people were sort of required <laughs> to, <Okay>. to, to buy. <laughs> that that'll rocket you up a list real <laughs> that'll, quick. That'll, that'll really that'll really pad your stats. <laughs> um, and the Little Prince. So obviously, you know, it it's a very popular book. But when it came out, it, I think people definitely had uh, your reaction. Um, it was not. It wasn't that people thought it was bad; is that people were very confused by it. Um, and one of the 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 few people to be on the bandwagon early was the author of Mary Poppins, which oh. I feel like has like there were some similar reactions to to her work as well. Hmm. So, yeah, right. um, you know, one of the things that's that's well, kind of interesting sorry, about because both really it's they very explicitly talk about the the kind of adult childhood distinction like that's that's, that's kind right. of a subject of both of those that's right and they're both stories. yeah and, and it's in the same one which is it's kind of weird because both are um you're ostensibly written to, to children sort of like you know ch- children you've got to be patient with grown-ups you know that that right. kind of like you know it, it's kind of from the point of view of a child but actually the in many ways the book is written to adults like it's right it's reminding the adults that they need to sort of return to the world of like childlike imagination. So it's, um, you know, the, the, the adults are definitely the other, but it's written to adults, I think to help adults like think of themselves and like to, to realize that sort of like what it means to be a grown up it, it, it is not a necessity that you like think, think of yourself. Like, <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you can see what like being an adult looks like to a child, you might not want to be grown up like in that, in that way. <laughs> right. Well, I think that's one of my confusions or, or maybe one of the things I'm interested in with the book is that when I read it, I really felt like this was a book for adults. Yeah. That it, yeah. it, it you know, it, it, and so I, one of the things that I'm curious to hear you talk about is to what extent does it stand on its own as a children's book, like as a book right. for children? Right. So, you know, I would say obviously because it was one of the first books that I read and loved, I, I, you know, it was one of the formative books of my childhood. I definitely think that it works as a children's book, but that's a pretty, that that's, uh, but just, that's kind of like personal experience. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there, there's, there's definitely a lot going on and there's a lot that, you know, uh, that did not resonate, you know, with me as much as a child that, that, that does now. I mean, so, I mean, where they, the, the scene where he talks about the, the, the drunkard on the planet you know, where it's like, why, you know, why do you, uh, why do you drink? Because I'm ashamed. Why are you ashamed? Oh, because yeah. I drink. Yeah. Like that kind right. of circle. Like, I mean, like those patterns of like shame and addiction are definitely something that are, <laughs> are kind of more on my horizon <laughs> now than when I was like three. You know? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, okay, wait. So let's just talk about it real basically as a kid, what were the parts of it that really resonated with you? Well, I mean, I think as a kid, you can, you and I can even see this uh, with Jack. Like it is very frustrating when uh, when adults brush you off, mm-hmm. or, or or they don't seem to like you. You can't. You're trying to communicate something to them, 
and then they they kind of brush you off with something that's not you know that when they, when they feel like you're not being taken seriously enough mm-hmm. uh, and that, that's one of the big things of the book is like people not being you know taken seriously enough so like the author you know the 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 pilot who's the narrator of the book and it's it's pretty tempting to conflate uh the pilot with the author because yeah. uh like exupery um he also crashed his plane in the desert like five years before right he wrote this book and it's about a pilot who crashes his plane in the desert you know and has this sort of like <laughs> hallucinatory experience and so <laughs> um but uh the the pilot himself says like when he crashes and the little prince comes up to him and uh doesn't seem to be taking his plight so the author gets kind of grumpy because he goes i right. like i like my misfortunes to be taken seriously and then it's kind of odd like he he kind of gives the the little prince the brush off and then he does he does that little thing where he he's like well i'll, I'll draw you a sheep in a box and so he just draws a box as he's tired of it. and then the, the little prince is actually delighted with that right. so that's <laughs> but i mean you know uh the as an adult, you would think that the um, the, the drama would be that the pilot has crashed this plane and he's stuck in the Sierra and he's going to die of thirst and he needs to be, be rescued. But that's actually not like the stakes of the story. That's like that kind of resolves itself pretty easily. And that, you know, the little prince gets really cross and says, you know, the, the, the a lot of the the arguing comes when the, the pilot's, you know, occupied with turning a bolt or a wrench or he's trying to fix something. The little prince asking him something about imaginary sheep on distant planets. And so he he answers like impatiently. And then the, the little prince has to like chastise him for not caring as much about matters of the heart and the imagination. <laughs> right. you know? And so, um, so, I mean, as a kid, I definitely like I, I felt like, you know, people weren't taking me seriously i mean even as an adult I, I i feel that too you know sometimes but i have a little more perspective about it maybe he couldn't say another word all of a sudden he burst out sobbing night had fallen i dropped my tools but what did i care about my hammer about my bolt about thirst and death there was on one star on one planet on mine the earth a little prince to be consoled. I took him in my arms. I rocked him. I told him, the flower you love is not in danger. I'll draw you a muzzle for your sheep. I'll draw you a fence for your flower. I, I didn't know what to say. How clumsy I felt. I didn't know how to reach him, where to find him. It's so mysterious, the land of tears. Okay, but but what the books feel, in some ways it seems very conceptual to me. Like there are a lot of ideas, like a lot of really right. profound and interesting ideas. Do you remember relating to those ideas as a kid? Yeah, well, and I think that's that's one of the things where, as a kid, I recognized that this was different than other kid books, and that it was mm-hmm. like you know the uh, the narrator says, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't like to. Uh, I'm hesitant to moralize, but that, of course that's untrue. This is a very preachy book, you know. So that's just a, that's a straight out lie. You know? so, like, um, and there's there's so many things about uh, where they have these little aphorisms, where you know about how it is only you know the things that are most essential are invisible. Is only with you know you can only see with the heart most yeah. clearly stuff like that. Um, and well, how about it, those? Do you remember relating to those as a oh, kid? Oh yeah, definitely. And I remember writing those down. Like oh. to like on a piece and to like to think about them. Yeah. So I mean, um, you know, there's 
there's a lot of a, a lot of what happens in the book also you know it there's a lot of parables sort of mm-hmm. in there just in the way that they go to the different realms and then they they'll say something you know and there's a lot of definitions and because the little prince will say what does it mean to be tamed and then they'll get like you know tamed is is right. this is what it is and and so you know that that has kind of a biblical structure and so definitely in my childhood there was a lot of uh you know, uh, biblical narratives that were in there too. So I'm, I feel like I was sort of trained to, uh, you, you, you see something and then you're trained to sort of like, well, what's the moral or the parable or like, you know, what's the truth behind this very bizarre story about a mustard seed? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, and in fact, a lot of the, the, there, there's a lot of parables about seeds in this book, even like the, one of the, 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 the biggest drawings about the baobabs. Um, yeah. and it's like, well, you've got to, I made this really big because it's something that I didn't know as an adult that if you don't, you know, start nipping, you know, if you, if you don't call the Baobabs early on, then they become too difficult and then you can't call them. So it's it's best to get a jump start on them. And that's a very important, you know, so like, <laughs> like to nip things in the bud. So, I mean, well, and I think a, that, go ahead. So, I, so I, I think I was trained to sort of like, like, you know, draw conclusions or, you know, like wrestle, <laughs> wrestle with the meaning of stuff. Even as a kid, I, I, I did that. So, well, that, it's, it's very strange, but I can see how it would be intriguing for a kid's, it's unusual for a kid's book to be in a lot of ways, very much about ideas, but, but maybe there's kind of a, a craving in childhood for that more. This is that all that stuff adults are doing. Like, I, I want to learn that. Like, I want to, I want to think through things. I want, yeah. I want to try and understand what this means. So it, on the one hand, it feels very adult, but maybe that's, that's a part of childhood is wanting to feel more adult. Right. Yeah. And you know, I think also, I think that, and this may be wrong, but I I think that this is maybe coming out around the time when, uh, you know, when we actually started to make more dramatic distinctions between children's books and adult books. I mean, Mm -hmm. like a lot of other sort of classic children's books, like, uh, Alice in Wonderland, that's a pretty heady conceptual book too about like, yeah. you know, what is reality right. and, 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 and I think also you know, hallucinogenic, for a long time, also, <laughs> also hallucinogenic. And I think that, um, for a long, I mean, I think for a long time there've just been like stories you know, like, yeah. and, 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 and books. And then now we, we've become kind of more category, you know, you know, this is, this book is for third to sixth graders and this book is for this age and more target specific and you know, that kind of thing. And before it's like, there's books, and maybe a child, a child doesn't understand all of it, but, um, but I mean, one thing that contradicts that is that once again, this, it, it really, like, like you said, it really does tackle the kind of you know, it, the distinctions between adults and children. I mean, the, the first thing it starts off with is that thing about drawing the, the hat and yeah. the, the, the elephant inside a boa constrictor. And, and one thing that I will say is that even if there's a lot of abstract ideas, kind of the way that it proceeds is kind of the, the dream logic that children seem to have in conversations, you know, where it's kind of. Um, it, it is, even if it's abstract, it's very fans, fanciful and whimsical and the protagonist is a, is a small child. And, you know, so I think it's, even if the, a child can't comprehend everything, it, it's, it's relatable in, in a way. Like, you know, you can, you can latch on to certain things and the, the characters and kind of the, the, the pace at which it moves. So, yeah, let's, let's talk about that a little bit more about kind of attaching, um, to characters in the book. One of the weird things about this book that has me a bit perplexed is I don't find the prince very, um, he doesn't seem to have a, a ton of personality or like, um, 
I don't know. I have a hard time relating to the prince, the narrator for sure. Even some of the characters on the planets, but the prince feels a little um, kind of like uh, distant and and kind of um, I, I, not very well, like warm. Do you get that? Is it, uh, yeah, you know, and and as a kid, uh, my I was very sympathetic to the to the prince because he finds all these adults like ridiculous. But um, part of me wonders, like, as one thing that I feel like has changed his mind is I, I realize how I really could be annoyed by him as an adult. You know, and even though the, the, the more of the book is like, take children seriously and don't be annoyed by them. You know, right, right. Like, where, where if somebody, like, some stranger comes to your planet and then just says, like, kind of sounds like you're engaged in tautology here. <laughs> you know, where you're like, 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 your system is all wrong. Like, you know, like, um, you know, like, why are you being so hypercritical? <laughs> you know, yeah, right. <laughs> um, and yeah, he, in many ways, he's not warm. But one of the things that also I didn't really understand is that so this, a lot of the book is that the pilot has to grow as an adult, and growing for him, growing as an adult means that he becomes more childlike. But for the the little prince, he's uh, he's sort of sunk. The whole book is about his regret about how uh, the. the the book, a lot of the book is really about the relationship between uh, the little prince and the rose. The flower, yeah. Yeah, right. and and a lot of people read this as uh, as the author's relationship with his wife, who, I mean, it it, it doesn't paint her in the, in the most positive picture. Is this sort of vain, like you know, <laughs> like yeah. prickly, like literally thorny you right. know, personality? Um, um, but you know, there's certainly uh, and and really what makes the rose wonderful and unique is just how much you know how the little prince cares for her which that's there's there's some hubris there and that that may be honestly a as i've gotten older like a flaw of the book that Hmm. like the rose there's something beautiful about how the rose is special and different but because the little prince loves the rose but that also sort of still means that the the rose's self-worth is pretty firmly like rooted in like the little prince a man's (laughs) (laughs) affection for right but um but one of the most interesting things that I feel like I hadn't caught before is that the the little prince, when he's regretting how much he 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 sort of squandered his opportunity with the rose, uh, is he goes, I wasn't old enough yet, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and that he he actually does have to mature and realize that he was too proud or that he didn't appreciate what he had, and and so there is like even though at, at first the little prince seems like this like, uh, kind of paragon of virtue and he. He's mystical and he can travel between planets and he's putting all these adults in the place, their place. And, uh, he, 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 he has, he has, he has growth to do. And so I think there, he's not entirely aesthetic change. And so just the fact that there is that change and that, that realization, I think that, that adds a layer of like complexity and he's not as like one dimensional as he might seem at first. Yeah. It, but kind of, um, yeah, he no, he and he's he's kind of angsty and um, but also tra- if you think about it, childhood is you, <laughs> you are literally developing a personality. Like you don't come out I, with a personality, and so that's and that and that can be kind of a um, a thorny process, right? To be, right, yeah. Kind of figuring out all the all the hard edges of personality, and as an adult, I, or certainly as a parent, I think that's one thing. In one moment, our kids are adorable and sweet and run over and give us hugs and then in another they're kind of 
prickly and thorny and they're got to have all these kind of hard edges and they kind of look at us with disdain and <laughs> i feel like maybe that's and that's kind of like the prince right yeah and so it, it's hard it takes to me as an adult reader it takes effort to sympathize with the prince a lot of kids books weirdly it's pretty easy to sympathize with the with the protagonist or, or the the whoever the main character is even if they're a, a child but that's one of the really intriguing things about this book is it it really takes you to task to try and sympathize with the prince. Yeah, well, one of the things that's uh, it makes it hard that the the little prince is right about so much, and the author is you know he he's always apologizing to the little prince, and the the little prince does really review a lot of things to him, and so, but the little prince is often right about things without being sympathetic. Yeah, right. And, and maybe and maybe that's also part. It's sometimes it's also hard to sympathize with know-it-alls you know the prince is really like he's he's very much a know-it-all like he um he he's right. he's telling all these people how like no that's actually not as important this is what's important or you know like or you know, he, he has no compunction about about that sort of thing and so and it, it's really it's even kids i think like there's there's kind of that you instinctively dislike people that are that are always trying to put you <laughs> put you in your place like that yeah. But then a lot of kids are, I mean, I certainly remember being a know-it-all as a kid. Yeah. Like it, it's this weird, yeah, it's this weird tension of try, you're trying, you're really trying to understand the world, but also then trying to come across as if you do already understand right. it. And that's, um, and, and, and that's, and that's present in the, you know, the, 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 the character, the, even the rose who's just an anthropomorphized flower is, uh, gets really embarrassed and prickly because she realized that she's, uh, she says things which she obviously doesn't have like any like context or knowledge. And she's sort of like caught off, caught, you know, caught out in like very obvious lies mm -hmm. because she spoke so confidently before she, <laughs> she's like, she goes, she, she talks about her origin, but then she realized that when that happened, she was just a seed. So she doesn't really know that. So then she just like pretend like, then she just falls into silence, hoping that the prince will be embarrassed. You know? <laughs> so like, right. Uh, um, yeah. And, and, and part of the, it's one of those kind of paradoxical things. Like part of it is, is that even though children are one dimensional, like some, in, in some ways, still occupying their perspective can lead you to a fuller, like more complex view of the world in an important way. Mm -hmm. Does that make just because it is like so focused and and there's such like a like a, a truth to like kind of the focused perspective of a child's you know wonderment that I feel like it does like often break through, you know, like the accumulated, you know, prejudices that, uh, that, that adults, you know, gather to themselves. In some ways, this book reminds me a lot of Huckleberry Finn, where oh. they're going, you know, they're going on this journey uh, through the South, and then um, they're encountering kind of all these, these structures, you know, and institutions, like mm. awful, awful things. And then there's this, you know, Huck and, and uh, Jim, they kind of wonder, well, is this how it is? And be like, yes, it is. Like, oh, I don't know. It just seems like it could probably be a different way. <laughs> and then you think, yeah, actually, you know, it, it could be. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> we don't, we don't, you know, we we take a lot of things for granted as an adults that, um, really, it's it's just, um, because we, because they've just uh, oh, calcif. You know, it's it's just it's not a matter of ac actual understanding, but more of like calcification. Yeah. And sometimes kind of a, a, a perspective like that of the little prince, even if it's like kind of like foolish and one dimensional and uninformed, like it really is a powerful antidote to that kind of calcification. What do you make it? So in, in Huck Finn, a lot of people have, have written about the importance of the, the river um, 
not only as kind of symbolically, but almost as a character, like that it can be yeah. sort of, wh- I'm, what do you make of the planets? Like the, the, the kind of planetary like geography of the book. I'm, I'm a little bit baffled by all that. Do you have a, do you have a sense? Yeah. Well, so what's really interesting is that, um, the planets are all, all the planets until he gets to earth are inhabited by, uh, just one person, a single person. Yeah. A single, well, or you don't, they, they, he doesn't, sometimes they don't know like they're like the king's like i may have other subjects and the prince is like no i've i've looked around you don't sorry to t- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um and so really the, the they they're not really they're, there's not they're, the only exploration and the only thing that differentiates one planet from the other is it's is is just a, a little character study right so the only that the only thing that makes the a planet inhabited by uh the the king different than the that inhabited by the geographer is one has a king on it. One has a geographer on it. So it's you know, um, they're they're you know, I, I think they're they're really interesting because uh, a lot of the book has um, it's about communication and and how we understand ourselves, like understand our own identity in relationship to others. So a lot of times when they when they get to a uh, a planet, he'll say he's a king, and a king sees the prince as a subject because to a king all men are subjects. Right. Or uh, the, he lands on the the planet of a vain man and then a vain man sees all for a vain man, all other people are admirers. So, um, and you know how they, how they, whenever they get the visitor, they're not really, they never learn anything about the visitor because they're only seeing the visitor in terms of themselves. I mean, the, the book is very much about how you relate to other people, you know? Yeah. So, um, and you know, the, and that uh, it takes getting off of your it, it takes travel either right. the prince getting off of this planet or the pilot crashing in the that's desert right. to learn something about someone someone else right and it and it but it, and also you know then paradoxically it, also it it takes sometimes for the for the pilot he has to crash like in a, a place where there is no one else to understand something about to right. to understand how to relate to other people you know um and yeah and, and it, and that makes sense from his. I mean, he if nothing, the author was nothing. Like he, he was a traveler. You know, he was somebody, and he's he's somebody who not only flew around the world, but you know, for a long time he also lived in exile in America during World War II when this book was being written. And there's, there's a lot of ways to understand yeah. the book. Is people also read it as it's his commentary about uh, like it, the war and the fact that it's it's his his country France is occupied and he's. He there, he feels powerless about it, and he's stranded in this different country, and you know so that right. so, but yeah, but I mean there's something about how you you definitely you know a lot of the book is about shifting your perspective by going somewhere else and and somewhere else whether it's a physical place but also kind of emotionally you have to interact with other people and you have to meet these other roses to understand your own rose, um you know in particular and 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 that sort of thing so yeah. Um, well, one thing that we haven't talked about also is, so the book also, it's, it's really is, it's an odd plot because of the way it's booked. So at first it, it seems pretty simple. It's, it's the, the pilot crashes and then he's going to interact with the prince, but then all of a sudden you get kind of sucked up into the prince's narrative, right? Like, like, and, and, and even the, the perspective yeah. kind of shifts like from the, uh, pilot's point of view till he's. He's recounting it, but he's telling it from the prince's point of view, you know, right. so it's you, weird. so you, when you're going on those, when you're learning how the prince tends to, and at first, and it happens gradually because at first it's, 
on the third day, uh, he told me a little bit more about the volcanoes on his planet. And then, but then you're, you're not getting the, the, the pilot interposing. You're just straight with the, straight up with the prince as he travels from planet to planet and lands on the earth. And then you go into like a really deep dive with the Fox. And then like that, oh, yeah. you almost forget about the, like it, it, cause it's, it, it, it reaches almost, you know, kind of the emotional intensity of the book probably is there with the taming about how, you know, once you, uh, like, and the, and the Fox, you know, becomes vulnerable. He's like, I, I don't want to be tamed, but you should tame me. It is very kind of bizarre, almost courtship, and but also about friendship and about how, you know, once, you know, once you, uh, tame me, then I'm going to be very sad when you go away. And it's like, it's going to break my heart, but it's like, but it's also going to enlarge my heart. So it's like a necessary thing. And that's, that's one of the things that I feel like that's a pretty adult, concept Mm -hmm. you know the idea of like how your heart's enlarged by sorrow one of the things that makes this book so adult um is like the way that it deals with grief and sorrow and and parting and you know like one of the the, the, you know as a kid you can sympathize with um like you you cry a lot as a kid (laughs) you know but um but i feel like there's not you know, one of the, one of the famous quotes from this is, you know, it is, is very mysterious, the land of tears. And so as a kid, you're very familiar with sorrow, but it's hard to think about sorrow in kind of an abstract way because it, it's, it's, it's so much of an emotion and a feeling. And the book kind of asks you to think about sorrow in an abstract yeah. way. Kind of especially, way especially in, when all the adults in your life are telling you to just stop crying and it'll be okay. Right. That's right. Well, I mean, it, this, this book also was a lot like Inside Out, which is the same thing where it's yeah. like a very adult, ambitious book about the psyche, but it's ostensibly for children. But it's also about, once again, how children relate to adults and how they think about memory and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, in addition to Sorrow, it's also the book. I don't know. Like, the, the other thing that's changed about reading this now uh, when I have a child is that part where the little prince essentially makes the deal with a snake to kill him, to, to, yeah. to, to strike him. And then he dies so that he can like travel on, which I don't know about that, man. Like, you know, <laughs> like, and, and the fact that he's like, yeah, he tells the pilot, you've got to st- stand back because you're not going to be able to handle it. But as like a right. parent, I'm like, yeah, no, I don't know about books that encourage. <laughs> like, uh-huh. you know, I, I definitely want to be on hand and like self transcendence <laughs> through <laughs> snake <right>. venom. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Well, in just another way in which, like, is this a kid's book or is this an adult's book? You know? Right, yeah. Because, <laughs> well, because my my thing is, uh, you you can, what's the harm in having a, a book that children don't under that don't understand if, if it's instructing the adults and then they, they catch little glimpses? But, I mean, the thing with the snake is the only thing that maybe seems to me like a little dangerous. I mean, that and, like, I don't know. The the other accusation about this leveled against this book is that it's um it can be a little too earnest and cutesy. Like it's the kind of thing where mm. you you say like you can only see clearly with the heart or what is essential is most invisible. You know, that's the kind of thing you put on throw pillows. And, you know, right. like, <laughs> um but I mean uh I, I think that those two accusations kind of work against each other. Like it's actually the fact that there are these kind of bizarre, dangerous complex elements about like a suicide pack, you know, like I, right. I think that's, there's nothing cutesy about that, you know, like, so, um, no, that's, and, part, that's part of the project is to take these, I mean, this is a childlike thing to take these aphorisms, these adult things and to hear them 
as concepts, but then to try to make sense of them for yourself. Like, what does this mean in my life? Right. No, yeah. No, and that, as the that, reader, exactly. like, we're supposed to do that too, right? To take these things that are right. on, on a surface level are cutesy, but to, to try and unpack them and think, like, what does that actually, what does that actually mean for me? Right. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, so, I mean, so we, we've talked about, so you, when you read this, like, what was your, I mean, did you finish it and, and see, like, is it, do you say, like, well, I, I thought it was kind of confusing, but I could see why people liked it. Or is it like, I don't, I don't know, like this is just kind of seemed random or what was your sort of response to it? I, I mean, I was just fascinated by it. I, I think it's so, um, everything from narrative structure to the fullness or flatness of the characters like there's just to the to the themes um there's just a lot to it like there's a ton going on it's the kind of thing i think as an adult i'm gonna have to read this 10 times before i really even start to get my bearings on it um which of course and that that's it's a hard thing to read it as a kid's book when you're so fascinated buy it as a piece of literature, I guess, is, is my right. overall experience. Um, it's like, it's the kind of thing, my first thought is, I would love to discuss this in like a graduate level English seminar. But, but then I have to remind myself like, no, wait, I have this book because I'm going to be reading it to my daughters, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. And, you know, and, and that was something that I, I think changed when I became a parent. Um, and because growing up, you know, uh, sort of in theory, I liked a lot about uh, I, I love sort of the genre of children's books and that kind of story. And that my my thesis was always like a good children's book should be a, a book that you can like grow into. And so mm-hmm. like the, the the best children's books are the most ambitious children's books. And this this would be sort of the prime example. But there's there's others too, you know, George McDonald and there's some other, you know, Al, uh, Lewis Carroll. They, they wrote books like this where there's just a lot of levels and there's a lot going on. Um, and then I was always dismissive of kind of gimmicky, flat, you know, b- board books and things like that because yeah. I was like, man, wait up, way to set the bar low. Yeah, there, here's a, <laughs> you know, uh, b- books like the you know little blue truck or something like that where it's, like, there's a lot of like animal noises and then like, you know, the, the, the moral is, well, friend, you know, it's always better to be friendly because then friends will help you out. Okay, like, you know, um, as a parent, I'm much more sympathetic to those books, you know, <laughs> because of, you know, how children really do latch on to the, to the animal noises and like, you know, and you can just see even that little, the, 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 the turtle book, the, the light up turtle book that, that I really did a 180 on, you know, like when you, uh, it's, you know, there is something about simplicity and, and not just like as an instructional tool, but just a way to connect with your children through some kind of through like the it, and simplicity it's not, of experience. Yeah, and it, and it's and that and that doesn't mean dumb. You know, like, you know, right. those books like that because there's a lot of books that do not do it well. I think that are in that same kind of category, and that's one of the, been one of the most fascinating things about this whole process and why I'm so excited to be doing the podcast with you is just be, because you realize that the, the level of craft that there is, you know, um, but, uh, but. So I've, I've had to revise my theory about that a little bit, but I, I still think that there is a place for books that have this level of ambition, you know, where you, you can kind of, just because my own experience with it was so strong and transformative, you know, I, so I, I believe that I have, I have confidence that, that children can get things out of this book because it, because it gave me so much. 
Hey everyone, we hope you enjoyed this episode of A Thousand and One Good Nights. If you want to learn more about this book and other bedtime stories, check out our website at 1001goodnights.com. That's 1001goodnights.com. Be sure to sign up for our monthly email newsletter to get updates about upcoming seasons and other new content. Finally, please help us out by rating the show on iTunes. This helps spread the word about the show and get it in front of new listeners each week. Thank you.